What's going on, everybody? It is Wednesday, January 29th. This is the Locked On Red Wings podcast, and I am your host, Detroit sports writer and longtime Red Wings fan, Nolan Bianchi. Now, it is hump day, and you know what that means. The same thing it means every day here at the Lockdown Network, and that's that we're bringing you guys coverage of your team every morning in your subscription box, in your inbox. Of course, one of the other great shows put on in this city is the Lockdown Pistons podcast. We were lucky enough to have the host of that show, Matt Shook, on yesterday's episode, if you guys missed it. Uh, just doing a little bit of discussion, a little bit of commiserating. I know we've been doing a lot of that here on this show, but the Red Wings haven't been playing, and the reality of the situation is... They're in last place. So uh, we talked a little bit about which fan base currently has it worse between the Red Wings and the Pistons. I, of course, taking the stance that you guys, the loyal listeners of the Lockdown Red Wings podcast, and the loyal tuners in to uh, the slaughterings that happen on an almost nightly basis, uh, you know, against the Red Wings. So, uh, you know, I think that that you guys, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm trying not to be biased here, trying not to maybe brown nose a little bit, but uh, you guys definitely have it worse. I have it worse. I'm a Red Wings fan as well, so uh, that's something that I'm definitely speaking from the heart on a lot of those issues. Now, we got a programming note for tomorrow's show, and that's we will be joined by Ted Colfin, uh, the Wings beat writer for the Detroit News. He spent the weekend in Grand Rapids, so I uh, I asked him some questions about kind of what he saw there. He has some interesting, interesting things to say about Mo Sider that I think you're going to be pretty excited to hear if you're hoping to see uh, him get some serious time in Detroit this season. Uh, we talk a little bit about what, what the Red Wings might do with that nine-game limit that you know would, would shred the first year of his contract if he were to play over it. Uh, and, uh, we also touch a little bit about Michael Rasmussen who, uh, who made his return to action this weekend, as well as a little talk about Joe Valeno, uh, and then just kind of what options the Red Wings have coming up at the trade deadline. Uh, so that'll be coming up on tomorrow's show. And then Friday, we'll have a crossover over episode with you guys, uh, for you guys with the host of lockdown Rangers. So That'll be good as well. The Red Wings, obviously, with a home and home uh, against New York in the Ma- or at Madison Square Garden on Friday night before returning home for their first post All Star game uh, action at Little Caesars Arena. So, lots to look forward to. The Red Wings, uh, obviously, finally getting back into action this weekend. So, I think we're all looking forward to that, uh, regardless of of how much we would hate to admit it to ourselves. Um, today's show. It's probably going to be a little bit on the shorter end. There's not much going on right now. Uh, just going to tie up some odds and ends that have been happening within the organization. Um, unfortunately, this is my second time recording this podcast. You know, not that you guys really care or that you know I'm making excuses, but uh, yeah, there were some technical difficulties on the first one that had to e- eradicate the tape on that one, and so uh, here I am, and it's getting late. So going to try and keep it short and sweet. Uh, like I said, not much going on. We will start, though, with uh, with some AHL All-Star Game action. Um, that's normally not something that I would probably go over. I mean, I barely really touched on the All-Star Game uh, outside of the final game and, and what Tyler Bertuzzi did. Um, but we had a Grand Rapids Griffin who made some noise. So I, want, I do want to show him some love uh, in that regard, because it's not every day that we get to celebrate accomplishments here in the Detroit Red Wings organization. So just going to kind of touch on that a little bit. He uh, he was a tournament leader 
We're also going to talk a little bit about uh, goaltending prospect Philip Larson. He was reassigned to Toledo on Tuesday. Uh, we'll talk about what that means long term, if anything, for the uh, for the young goalie. Um, and then lastly, we'll just kind of touch or you know catch you up on some stuff that's been happening around the league. If you haven't been paying attention with the Red Wings out of action, I understand, but I got you covered with everything you need to know. We will start with the reassignment of Philip Larson to ECHL Toledo on Tuesday. Um, I don't think this is something that would indicate anything long-term. My original inclination uh, is that this is something similar to what you saw when the Red Wings went on their All-Star break, uh, and they sent down Philip Zadina, Giovanni Smith, Dennis Chalowski, uh, all those guys down to Grand Rapids just to get an extra game and just to keep the legs fresh, keep them playing, get them reaccustomed to that style of play and playing with a lot of those guys down there. Something probably very similar uh, with this reassignment here. Uh, Grand Rapids not playing again until Friday. So with the extra time, you kind of just want to give Larson a look. He's somebody who, he's 21 years old, but in saying that, he really hasn't been that good pretty much anywhere that he's played this season. Um, He was a projected backup going into this year in Grand Rapids, but that was kind of stolen from him a bit by Pat Nagel because he simply... Wasn't playing very well in seven appearances. He's two and five, four point oh one goals against average, eight forty three save percentage. Not the numbers that are going to get you an extended stay in the American Hockey League. Goes down to uh, the ECHL to play in Toledo and ends up, you know, getting hurt with a with an injury that keeps him out till January fourth, and then he comes back and and he has a rough first start. He's somebody that the Red Wings are extremely high on, and somebody definitely uh, a goaltender to watch that could be the Red Wings goaltender of the future. He had a monster year last year with Denver, uh, posting in 1.95 goals against average on a 9.32 save percentage. That team went to the final, or the Frozen Four. Pardon me. I almost made that uh, that treacherous semantics error there. Um, you know, I hope to see him kind of pick up his pace, but uh, I do see ECHL Toledo being where he finishes his season. Just kind of with the natural order of things, uh, with the Red Wings goaltender situation, uh, has kind of all been thrown out of a loop with their top goaltender going out in Jonathan Bernier. Uh, everybody's just kind of been shifted upwards in a sort. Um, Larson is one of those guys. So he, he goes down uh, once Jonathan Bernier comes back, which should be after the All-Star break, uh, they said, or will obviously be after the All-Star break, but he was initially rolled out until after the All-Star break. So... There's a chance that he could come back any day now. Um, he won't be back before Friday's game if I were to speculate. So that'll be, uh, you know, keep things. Howard at number one, probably Picard backing him up, and then Pat Nagel starting in Grand Rapids once they pick up Friday as well. One thing to think about as they kind of come down the stretch here is you would maybe like to see, I mean, Given the way he's performed so far, maybe you kind of want him to finish out just finish out this first you know couple months of the season in ECHL, but uh, unfortunately they're not going to be able to get any AHL looks for him if they wanted to. I think just with the way things are kind of working out right now, you would like Calvin Picard to start as many games as possible in Grand Rapids, uh, given that he's probably the top goaltender uh, in the in the Red Wings minor leagues and. 
the fact that the Griffins are chasing a playoff spot. Uh, remember, they are very much in the thick of things in that Central Division. Uh, entered Saturday night, the last night before the All-Star break, with you know in a playoff spot uh, before they were quickly knocked out by the Texas Stars and knocked back down to fifth place. But uh, that's a team right now that's playing for a whole lot, and it's going to get really interesting. Uh, fans are obviously going to want to disregard that as they hope to see their new shiny toys coming up. Uh, over the next couple months, guys like Cider and Valeno, but there is a lot of worth to, uh, we we kind of touch on this on, on tomorrow's episode with Ted Colfin, but there is worth to having guys, young guys, going through a playoff hunt, competing for a division title, you know, uh, getting that in-game experience at the professional level where the stakes are extremely high with every game. Right now, that's a situation that the Griffins are in, so... While you would like to, you know, hopefully get Philip Larson uh, in the best spot that's comfortable, or in the best spot that you know he'll feel comfortable, and I think right now that's just going to be in Toledo for the rest of the season. But you know, while goaltending this year with, uh, I mean, with Jonathan Bernier, it hasn't been a, you know, extraordinary, but without Jonathan Bernier, it's been uh, even worse. With the exception of you know the past couple of weeks that Jimmy Howard has had a net, we all kind of can agree that the butt of the joke, you know, about the Detroit Red Wings this year has been, or one of the butt of the jokes anyways, has been their goaltending. So um, it's kind of interesting right now. The uh, the situation is less than ideal at the NHL level, but they got a lot of young guys, though, that can, uh, that can make an impact, I believe, in the immediate future. Um, so who knows? But uh, for right now, that's the situation. I wouldn't be surprised to see him back up in Grand Rapids by Friday. So I guess that up and down is something to watch as well. Moving on now to the moment that I know you all have been waiting for, and that is the AHL All-Star Classic taking place on Monday night in Ontario, California. And folks, let me just say, what the hell is the NHL doing? This, this, I'm like... I said the other day that like this thing was going to start at 10 o'clock. They had seven games starting at 10 o'clock on a Monday in January. You know what I'm doing on a Monday night in January at 10 p.m.? This podcast. <laughs> uh, no, usually sleeping. Like if I had my if I had it my way, I'd be sleeping. I don't usually go to bed until 2, 3 in the morning because uh, I'm a world-class procrastinator and i got to put together these episodes for you guys, but that's a whole other story. Uh, anyways, yeah, nobody's watching that All-Star game. I certainly didn't watch the All-Star game, but I'm assuming you didn't either, and uh, if you missed it, you did miss a pretty cool night. Uh, Matthew Ford, captain of the Griffins, taking over in Ontario, California. He captained the Central Squad, scored a tournament-high four goals, added an assist, uh, really just an overall really nice night for somebody who it's honestly a long time coming. He's been very good for the Griffins this season. Uh, he had the OT winner on Friday night that we talked about to beat the San Diego Gulls 4-3 at Van Andel and extend that point streak to eight games. Um, just a guy that's been around forever, has never had his moment in the sun, and, and finally got it. Uh, he's 35 years old, drafted 256 overall by Chicago in 2004, and and after over 700 AHL games, he finally gets his first All-Star nod, and then he comes out and he does this. So uh, just just really cool stuff. Kind of an, an 
inspiring thing. I know it's just an all-star game, and anybody can, you know, Tyler Bertuzzi had five points in the all-star games the other night, but, uh, you know, this is a, hockey is a very tough sport to play, and when you do it for that long without sniffing the NHL, I think there has to be something, you got to be wired a little different, uh, and I, I definitely mean that in a good way. Uh, I just know that, you know, from hearing stories about how different the AHL is to the show and, you know, the, the bus rides and the per diem and the, just all the hell that they go through and the complete and utter, you know, shift in, in how they're taken care of and stuff like that, you'd think that at some point if you realized you weren't going to make the NHL, you would just, uh, just hang them up. But, you know, these lifelong NA, or AHLers uh, are, are really just an impressive group of human beings in their own right for, you know, sticking with it for that long and, and not being bitter because outside of his production, he's got, um, you know, he's got eight, eight goals and 12 assists for the Griffins this season. But outside of his production, if you just think about what a valuable asset it is to have somebody who's been in the league for so long and who knows his way around and in a place where confidence is so fragile and you know emotions are are constantly being altered by perception of the future oh i'm getting sent down oh i'm getting called up oh this oh that it's it's he's a player that provides a lot of stability for that locker room when guys are constantly coming and going and i don't really think that that can be understated and then outside of that, I mean, we talk about the Griffins being in the middle of a playoff hunt and there being a benefit to those guys being down there. And guys like Matthew Ford are one of those big reasons because they're not just learning how to compete. They're watching team leaders that they eventually learn from, that they, when they get to the NHL level and they're in their first playoff race, they have guys that they can look to that taught them how to win at a professional level, taught them how to lead at a professional level. So really just a a good night for him. Kudos to him. He's from California, so it was a a bit of a homecoming for him. And just uh, really good to see a a longtime AHLer kind of get some shine, even if it is just on the AHL stage. But uh, outside of that, like I said, AHL, clean it up. Put that thing on a Sunday. Put it on a Saturday. Why does it? I just don't know why, I guess, it feels like it needs to be so close to the NHL All-Star Game. Like, is that the reason they decided to put it at 10 p.m. on a Monday Eastern Standard Time? I don't know. I guess that's uh, not why they pay me the big bucks. Some some big brain executive that knows more than little old eyes you know, made that decision. So I guess I can't, this is a lot of this podcast is going to be me making a forming opinions on processes that I know nothing about. And this is just exhibit a, well, probably at this point, exhibit like N or what, like seven, eight episodes in. So I've probably given you guys a lot of examples of that, but one last note about that AHL all-star game is uh fellow Griffin, Chris Terry. He uh, had a goal in or sorry, a goal and two assists, uh, three points as the central fall to the Atlantic division in the championship game, three to one. Normally we'd know that to be a good thing. 
but of course, this is a little bit different divisions, and the Griffins are in that central where they are competing for that fourth and final playoff spot. Before we catch you up on Around the League, if you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard about all the great advertisers working with Lockdown to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Lockdown Red Wings is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Red Wings fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Lockdown gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. And not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Red Wings fans in a predominantly male audience that is well-educated, with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast, because local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Right, so we just got some quick things to wrap up from around the league before we say goodbye to you guys on Thursday. Uh, six games going on in the NHL on Monday night. We talked a little bit about uh, the Vancouver Canucks on Monday's podcast when we talked about Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson turning it up in the All-Star game. And they got right back to it after the All-Star break on Monday. They beat the Blues 3-1. to JT Miller scores twice. He's got 48 points on the season. And uh, Vancouver, now sitting at 12-3 and in their last 15 games, sitting atop that Pacific Division, 9-0 and in their last nine home games. Uh, really just an impressive performance out of the gate by them, and as we mentioned before, a definitely going to be a team to watch down the stretch. We got a first career goal coming in Nashville uh, on Monday night as well, that coming from Rasmus Sandin, the Toronto Maple Leafs rookie defenseman. Uh, he's just 19, taking 26 overall in the 2018 draft. The uh, Leafs choosing to burn that first year of his entry-level contract by playing him in his 10th game on Monday night. And uh, I suppose it worked out well for him. He, he got that first career goal, got the monkey off his back. A uh, 5'11", 183-pound defenseman that uh, should be should be a pretty good player in this league for years to come. So good for him to kind of get the ball rolling on that with his first NHL goal as the Maple Leafs beat the Predators 5-2. to just a second win in their last seven games for the Maple Leafs. Uh, they, dare I say, it's time to uh, maybe press the panic button a little up there in Toronto. Um, right now, currently sitting two spots out of a uh, third place in the division uh, and then two points out of a playoff spot uh, in the wild card city behind Carolina. So definitely still time to turn things around, but given the expectations that this franchise has had entering their previous three seasons, I think you really just kind of, I don't know, shake your head at what's going on in Toronto. They obviously had a bit of a tumultuous season with Babcock getting canned and then all those stories coming out about, uh, you know, how big of a big meanie he was. And that'll definitely cause your team to go through some tough times. But they're a fun team to watch when they're clicking. So you do hope, I mean, definitely, you know, maybe if you root against the Toronto Maple Leafs, they're a division rival. I get that. You don't want to see the Maple Leafs win a Stanley Cup. We're tied with them. They can't win another one. But they are an incredibly fun team to watch come playoff time. And I think it would be extremely disappointing to see them miss. And then we finished Monday's slate of games in Dallas where the Stars beat the Tampa Bay Lightning 3-2 to behind two goals from Jamie Benn. Uh, including an overtime goal to uh, give the Stars a victory. 
That game snapped Andre Vasilevsky's 10-game winning streak in net for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And uh, a big win for the Stars. Um, you know, they're sitting right there in third in the division. Uh, so coming out of the All-Star break, it's good to uh, a, get a good emotional win like that to snap you right back into that race. So big win for them as they look to uh, get back into the playoffs here. Just two games on Tuesday night, uh, both of them featuring teams that played the night prior. Uh, both teams exacting revenge for losses that they had on Monday night, uh, the first being the Ottawa Senators. They beat the Buffalo Sabres 5-2 to two, uh, behind a go-ahead goal from Mike Riley in the third. They got 30 saves from Craig Anderson. On Pardon, they got 28 saves from Craig Anderson on 30 shots. Uh, and then we got the Blues and the Flames. Blues, as we, of course, just mentioned, losers on Monday night, 3-1 to one, uh, to the Vancouver Canucks. They get their first win after the All-Star break as David Perron gets a goal, an assist, a goal, and a shootout, and the Blues win 5-4. to four. That is your NHL Roundup for right now. Uh, we will see you guys tomorrow. Like we mentioned, we've got that great interview coming up with Ted Colfin uh, to talk a little bit about what to expect from the Red Wings prospects who are coming up in a couple of months uh, the progress that he's seen from Mo Sider, uh, lots of interesting stuff. So make sure you tune into that. Once again, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. Uh, we'll post highlights, uh, the podcast episodes, you name it, anything regarding the Red Wings that you will need to know. It will be on that timeline. And then you can find me at Nolan Bianchi on Twitter.com. I have a lot of tweets about food, so if you're into that kind of thing, toss me a follow. We don't even have to talk Red Wings, but uh, I do like to talk Red Wings there as well. So hit us up on all the socials. As Marshawn Lynch would say, take care of your chickens, and we will see you guys on Thursday.